Hi, this is Bill Woods, still marooned here in my house up here in Sun Valley. My leg is healing, but I have not been able to uh, get the okay to walk on it yet. Anyhow, I wanted to talk today about spiritual blowout. I felt a suspicious bump as I pulled into the driveway and came to a stop. Sure enough, one of the rear tires was flat. The metal cord of the steel belted radio showed through. Aw, nuts, I said. Why'd this have to happen again? Next morning, I went to the tire dealer to get the tire repaired. And there I noticed the same brand of tire on the other side of the car, but it didn't show the same wear. I asked the dealer why. Well, he explained a nail had stuck in the rubber and caused rust to get into the steel belts. This weakened the inside of the tire, and that eventually caused the belt and the tread to separate. Just a little nail, just a little rust. How easy it is for spiritual bumps to develop in our lives as Christians. Unconfessed sin in the heart is like rust on steel belts. At first, nothing seems to be wrong. We may even convince ourselves it's of no consequence. We might say, well, I got away with that one. But our love for Jesus has weakened. Interest in God's word declines. Prayer loses its importance. And soon our spiritual progress comes to a bumping halt. Listen to some scriptures. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 through 27. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted and keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we've received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There's only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. Or listen to James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. 1 John chapter 1, 9 and 10, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are, call, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. You know, when we've had a spiritual defeat, Satan's right there with a customized temptation that he is designed to make us fall. He knows our weak points. He knows where we're apt to compromise. He'll work on us through those weaker areas, and he'll suggest that we're mature enough to handle it. If we listen to his proposition for too long, we'll have a blowout and sin. For your information, being tempted is not sin. I've had people say to me many times in the past, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm being tempted. What's the matter? Well, all Christians are tempted, but they do not have to sin. The temptation comes when Satan says, will you? And it becomes sin when you say, I will. 
We know when we sin, a sin is a known transgression against the known will of God. When I sin, I choose on purpose to disobey God, and I know when that happens. Many times the sin started internally long before it came out into the open. Something presented itself, and instead of dismissing it like I should, I've dwelled on it, and it gets stronger and stronger until finally it breaks forth. Listen to some highlights from a spy scandal involving the FBI. Miller admitted to the FBI agents that he had numerous meetings with Svetlana from May uh, to September of 1984. Miller told her about his personal, professional, and financial problems. He told her he was an analysis for the FBI and had access to FBI documents that were marked secret. On August 12, 1984, Svetlana asked Miller if he'd be willing to work with the KGB copying FBI documents. She said he'd be paid very well by her government. On August 24, 1984, Miller and Svetlana traveled from Los Angeles to San Francisco. She delivered film canisters to the Soviet consulate in San Francisco. She told Miller that she used canisters to transport reports and messages to the consulate. FBI agent Goodman says the significance of the case isn't that there may have been a rotten apple in the FBI, but that the Soviet KGB is a very large, very sophisticated, very dedicated intelligence service and is constantly targeting the U.S. and able to make inroads into agencies whose personnel are so carefully screened as the FBI's. Jim Bamford, author of The Puzzle Palace, a book on national security, said, Once you've sold one secret, you're hooked. They don't start by asking to get top secret documents. They usually ask for something innocuous, like a, a telephone directory. Once a person starts, they're hooked at that point. As I read of these events, I realized that's exactly how Satan operates. He doesn't ask for anything major at first, just a series of small steps ultimately leading to spiritual disaster. Just a small nail, a little rust, hardly noticeable at first, but before we know it, a spiritual blowout. You know, when we listen to Satan, we let God, ourselves, our mate, our kids, the church, nearly everybody down. We blow our witness. What do you do when that happens? What would you do with a flat tire? Well, you'd get it fixed. It's the same thing in your spiritual walk. Blow it, go to God and get it fixed. Confess it to him, ask for his forgiveness, and get back into his service. Listen, we don't want to continue in sin when we know its origin. It started as a selfish act of rebellion against God. Sin can only lead to death. That's what the Bible says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We don't want to continue in sin when we know its history. It's brought sickness, death, and heartache since the very beginning. We don't want to continue in sin when we know it will destroy us and our family, our home, and our kids. 
Sin always leads downward to destruction. Sin always destroys others as well as ourselves. We don't want to continue to sin when we know that it is only going to lead to hell. People joke about hell. I heard somebody say one time, well, I'll be so busy shaking hands with my friends that I won't even notice the flames. Ha, 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 ha. Listen, hell is not a joking matter. It is a place of torment and suffering that is going to last forever and ever with no chance of reprieve. You don't want to go there. God does not send anyone to hell. Sinners make that choice. Jesus has done everything he can to save you from that destiny. He will not force your will. If you end up there, it'll be in spite of all that Christ has done for you. I, I know the Bible says God is not willing that all any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We don't want to continue to sin when we know Jesus is willing and ready to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins to him... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Not just some magic words, but real repentance, a change in your life's direction. It's a personal resolve to quit sinning and a commitment to live for Jesus Christ. I knew a fellow when I was in college, his name was Ron. Ron was caught cheating at college and cried and said how sorry he was to the personnel committee and he was so sorry. But once he got out of trouble, once they said, okay, we're going to put you on probation, but you know, uh, we, we will be watching, but we trust you now. Well, he went right back to cheating and he got caught and he paid the consequences. He was expelled from college. You know, God knows your heart and knows if you really repent or just want to wiggle out of that immediate trouble. Remember, Satan acts like he's a friend that's concerned for your well-being and wants to see that you're treated fairly, but he is not your friend. He wants to destroy you. One time, Norman, uh, surname Kid McCoy, uh, who was a welterweight boxing champion in 1896, a long time ago, but he was fighting a contender who was deaf. When McCoy discovered his opponent's disability, he wasted no time in taking advantage of it. Near the end of the third round, McCoy stepped back a pace, pointed to his adversary's corner, indicating that the bell had rung. Oh, thank you so much, said McCoy's opponent. Very civil of you. But the bell had not rung, and as soon as the deaf boxer dropped his hands and turned away, McCoy immediately knocked him out. While Satan will take the same cruel advantages of you, if you listen to him for even a moment and drop your guard, he will destroy you. He wants you to get comfortable with his suggestions until it's too late. Early one morning during spring thaw, an eagle soared above the forest looking for something to eat. As he followed the course of a river, he spied a small mouse trapped on a piece of ice that had broken free and was floating downstream. Seeing an easy meal, he swooped down, landed on the ice, killed the mouse, and began to eat. 
As he devoured his meal, he saw his perch was rapidly approaching a waterfall, but he was determined to finish eating, and thinking he'd rise into the air and to safety at the last moment, he continued with his meal. As the ice neared the falls, the eagle finished his last bite. Satisfied now, he spread his wings and attempted to fly as the ice tipped over the edge. However, while he had enjoyed his meal, the warmth of his feet had caused his claws to get embedded in the ice. Try as he might, he could not get free from what had now become the burden that would carry him to his death on the rocks far below. Don't fool yourself by being overconfident. That Don't think that it can't happen to you. That's a recipe for disaster. Given the right circumstances, any of us are comp- capable of messing up. Too often we think we can handle sin. We know what we're doing. We're mature. We're not going to fall into that trap. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to think. He will convince you that you're mature enough in Christ that you don't have to worry about falling. Years ago, a so-called human fly went to Los Angeles. He was advertised that on a certain day he'd climb the face of one of the large department store buildings. Thousands of people gathered to watch him perform his seemingly impossible feat. Slowly, carefully, he made his way upward, now clinging to a jutting brick, again to a cornice, up and up he went. At last he was near the top. The crowd watched him reach to the right and left above his head for something firm enough to support his weight. He spied what looked like a gray bit of stone or discolored brick protruding from the small wall, or the smooth wall, I mean. He reached for it, but it was just beyond him, so he ventured all that he had and leaped for it. Before the horrified eyes of the spectators, he fell to the ground and was broken to pieces. In his hands was found a spider's web. He'd mistaken it for a stone. What Satan offers looks good, but never has the substance we need to satisfy our needs. During the 1982 war in the Falkland Islands between England and Argentina, the Royal Navy's 3,500-ton destroyer HMS Sheffield was sunk by a single missile fired from an Argentine fighter jet. It caused people to wonder if modern surface warships were obsolete, like sitting ducks for today's sophisticated missiles. A, a later check revealed that the Sheffield's defenses did pick up the incoming missile, and the ship's computer correctly identified it as a French-made exocet, but the computer was programmed to ignore exocets as friendly. Sheffield was destroyed by a missile it saw coming and could have evaded. Something similar happened when we we linger too long with a temptation and are lustfully drawn into sin. The power of a temptation is in how long you play with it. If you dismiss it immediately, you won't fall into sin. James 4, 7, and 8 says, So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. 
purify your hearts where your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Have you experienced a bump in your spiritual life? You don't have to let temptation and sin defeat you. You know, Mark Twain used to say, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you don't need to let them nest in your hair. And that's exactly what happens when Satan tries to bombard us. We don't need to let that nest in our minds. We need to get rid of it right away and become victorious. Did your tire go flat? Is your forward progress being impeded? Well, don't leave it that way. God's repair shop is open. If you're having problems, the Bible again says, confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. God wants to give you victory, but it's your choice whether you're going to do it his way or whether you're going to hang on to what you think is going to bring satisfaction, but ultimately will destroy you. Dear Father, I'd pray that you help us each one, that we might learn to identify when Satan is putting temptation before us. We might be able to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. We might be able to say no to what the devil wants us to have and say, yes, God, not my will, but thine be done as we walk with him. I would ask for victory. I would ask, Lord, for those who do not know you as their personal Savior that are listening to this broadcast, that they will take the time to confess their sins to Jesus Christ, ask him to forgive them of their sins, and to let him come into their life and guide and direct them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that if you want to get in touch with me for some reason that you will do that. Remember, my email address or Gmail address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. If you try to contact me by Gmail, uh, often I get so many things, I miss some of them that come, so keep trying, or else you can call me on the telephone, 623-845-2741. That also would take a text if you wanted to send a text. Or my mailing address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. By the way, I again will be preaching at the First Baptist Church in Holbrook tomorrow. I'm still in a wheelchair But I believe that, you know, uh, God can use sermons even if they're delivered out of a wheelchair. I would invite you, if you're in the area, to come. It's at First Avenue in Buffalo. And uh, I know that the people would welcome you. It's a very friendly church. And they would just love to have you come and be a part of what we're doing. Well, God bless you. We'll talk to you next week. Keep in prayer. Keep uh, your heart close to God, and uh, be obedient to his will.